In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Um, my sincere apologies for the um, technical difficulties this morning. I kind of messed up, so my apologies for that. Today is the seventh Sunday of Pentecost, as we discussed last week, and next Sunday will be the Feast of Pentecost itself. So Christus and Christ is risen and ascended. So we return again to the speech of our Lord. We spoke last week about the significance of the ascension in the history of, of humanity. And this week it's focusing us on the power given to us through Christ, given to us through our Lord's mission. What we can do through the Lord now that he has risen and ascended. The entrance of our Lord in the flesh of the heavens marked a change in our own spiritual life and history. We who were locked out of paradise have re-entered once more. Now our Lord tells us we can ask him to the Father, but then he says, in fact, I won't have to ask for you because he already loves you. So imagine you are someone's child, because you are, um, and your parent said to you, be careful not to do this thing, because if you do, you'll get hurt. You hear your dad tell you this, and it doesn't really bother you at all at first. Sorry, I forgot to turn on the video. It doesn't really bother you at all at first. At first, you're just fine with the prohibition. You don't interpret it as an insult. It's like how some kids, when you say, hey, careful, no, are totally fine. But then we get into a certain period, usually adolescence, where we start to get annoyed at our parents' instructions. We start to think that they're malicious. We treat them badly. If not outwardly, then definitely inwardly. We think they're mean, they're obnoxious, they're self-centered and that their prohibitions are, are put there at best because they're overprotective um, and at worst because they get a kick out of it. We lament that our parents don't trust us enough or underestimate our intelligence or our abilities. That's, that's what happened in the story of man. We decided to rebel against our parents. When the parent said, this can't happen in my house because of what it does, right? Because of, 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 of a whole bunch of reasons that we, we've talked about before. We got angry. So we left the house. But we didn't leave with the right attitude. We left hating our parent. We mocked him. We spoke trash about him. We went, our, we went out of our way to make a point that everything we do be as far from what our parent would want. We choose enmity with our parent. It's like when we, when we go out of the house, like, oh, finally. And we do whatever it is that we can possibly do just to make a point of our, of our freedom. And we usually go crazy, right? Like in the story of the prodigal son, um, he doesn't just let loose. He lets totally loose, right? We, we did this historically. We chose enmity with our parent, 
her parent did not choose enmity with us. But our parent, the father, had a natural son. The natural son, our Lord, is one with the father in the way that we are not. The father never wanted enmity with his children. That was never, ever his desire. And the rescue mission to bring us home was already in place before we left home. It's like the father had a conversation with the son. It's like this, I'm not saying it's not how it went, how it went of saying, listen, these other, these other children, they're probably going to get angry. They're probably going to walk out. Um, you're going to have some work to do. Our parent, in spite of our rejection of him, in spite of our rebellion, was continuously dialoguing with us through his son, through the Holy Spirit, keeping us as close to him as we were able and willing to be. The disease of sin, as we've spoken about so many times, had taken over us. And we were barely recognizable anymore as humans. Our image and likeness was so marred that we didn't look like humans anymore. And our minds and our will were so corrupted um, by sin that we barely had any remembrance of what health looked like, right? We got so sick that we had no memory of what it felt like for us to be healthy. Our stories are, and the way of dealing with our parent, they were so far away in history and memory that some people didn't think any of the stories were true anymore, right? It's like, they were so far removed and it's like, did that even happen? Right, so some people are like, no, it never did. It's just their fairy tales. It helps them sleep at night. It makes them feel good, right? It's their teddy bear. Others distorted stories, played with them, reenacted them, gave them new twists, made them have new meanings. Others were ambivalent, where it's like true, false, I don't care. Some people safeguarded memories about what it was like with our parents and that we would be saved from our condition. These faithful people were very rare and far between. Others liked the idea of it, but it had no effect on their lives. So when the Son came, when our Lord came, He came in the name of the Father. He told them He was here on His Father's business. Okay? And in those times, to say that you're the messenger, to say that you're the ambassador, was to speak in the name of the Father, meant to be the Father. It meant that I am, I am the official face right now of the Father. This is why in that same conversation um, that we read about both last week, this week in the Matin Gospel, our Lord says, Philip, I don't know what to say to you. If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Because of that concept. Because um, he is the mind and the image of the Father. Told him he was there on his Father's business. He told us that it was the Father's will to send him, and they had that he, the father, had told him, the son, everything he should speak, say, and do. He outreached these children who had abandoned and rejected their father and were in a state of a fight with the father. They chose the fight. We chose the fight. Through his cross and resurrection, he reconciled us. Right? We, spoke, we spoke about all of that at great length in the weeks leading up to Pascha and all through Pascha, 
in the Romans Bible study. So I'm not going to repeat all of that and go over it again, because that's a very long discussion to understand what exactly he was doing with those. So the sun is giving us back health and rising up and trampling death and fulfilling in the flesh the right way of man. He was reconciling us with the Father so that we could be welcomed home. Right? The son came on a mission to say, let's fix this problem that you have with dad. Not the problem dad has with you. The problem you have with dad. And that's, this now is why we're going through all of this. The true son is saying to us, the work is done, right? The incarnation is done. The death and the resurrection are done. And so now he's saying, now I've fixed your, your relationship with dad. Now you can approach dad yourself now. You can call him Abba, daddy, right? Baba. You can ask in my name as a mediator, if, you're, if you'd like, um, as your savior, as the one who fulfilled humanity to its true form and potential mission myself, you can. You can ask in my name, and the Father will give it. That's what he's saying in today's gospel. And asking in his name, so maybe we're very clear, that's not a formula, right? It's not in Jesus' name we ask this, okay? Asking in his name means being in him. In his name, in him. It means being in the life of the Spirit because he links it to the Spirit in those chapters. We're just not going to go all through that. There, you can go to the Gospel of John discussions for that. It means being in the family households. It means being free from sin on some level because you are not fully in Christ if you are living in sin. It's really important you understand this in business. Because if you are in the house, if you are in him, then you will A, know what to ask, right? Not to get rich, for example, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second, what I mean by that. And B, you will receive it. If you're in your family, you'll know some things that are dumb to ask. That's what I'm saying, it's not a formula. If you're living in your family and you know that financial times are tough, you will not ask for 40K to buy a Mercedes, okay? If you are in your family, you have a sense of living in your household, knowing God, knowing your whole household, knowing your parents, knowing your siblings, you're not gonna ask for something that you know is gonna cause some problem in the house, right? There's there's a sense of asking when you're in it, and there's a sense of asking when you're a stranger. It's what you ask in my name, okay? We're giving the emphasis. You'll know when what you're asking is in line with the whole family context and needs. So the son is saying in the Matins gospel, ask, ask, and you'll get it. And here he's saying, but you know, you actually won't even need to ask in my name because you're reconciled now. Because you were in a fight with dad, you were kind of standing behind me. You were hiding behind me when you'd ask, right? It's like um, sometimes when siblings, um, they know mom and dad are upset, 
they know one sibling is a better speaker or one person is closer to someone like you you go ask right sometimes even with the priest with the bishop it's like uh how about you ask Sayyidina? right you you've got that you've got that relationship with Sayyidina. how about you go ask Sayyidina on our behalf and we'll back you up if you need us right and the father said okay you can ask in my name no problem i can ask i've reconciled you i've done that was part of my role i have reconciled you and actually you needed me to reconcile you so I get that. But he's saying, now I've made peace with the Father. And I'm telling you, don't hide behind me. Come out. Come out now and greet the Father and talk to him directly. Because he loves you. Right? That's what the Lord said in today's gospel. And I, I do not tell you that you need to do this because the Father already loves you, he says. He already loves you. You weren't reconciled to a Father who didn't like you. Because the Father loves you, He's reconciled you through me, right? He gave, he gave you your own spokesperson. He gave you your own human mediator because, because of the fight you chose that he didn't want, you wanted. It was his goodwill to fix this relationship. It was goodwill to bring you home. He wants you. He rejoices at you because he loves you. I don't, I the son, I don't have to do all the asking on your behalf because now you're not in a fight with your dad. Approach him boldly. Walk into the family room and say, Baba, can we, may we, but don't just do that, just be with him, right? That's a whole other discussion. I came to you from home, heaven. That's your home. It's not just my home, it's your home. To reconcile you to the dad that you walked out on. And I've showed you his real intention because he spared nothing to win you back. This whole time that you were away, you said horrible things about him. You abused him, etc. But in spite of it, he was saying to you, he was saving you, sorry. I came and laid myself down to bring you back to him. Now I'm asking you as the son, will you please love him back? You're living in a state of blindness, but now you've seen me, handled me, and touched me. You saw me die. You saw that. Literally, you saw me die. And literally, you saw me rise. That's why he said in this gospel, I'm going to speak plainly soon. Right? Because he is saying this before the passion. I'm going to die. Saul sounds like crazy to you. You don't get it, even though they think they get it. Right? That's why they don't get it. And so Philip says, um, or his disciples say, oh, now you're speaking plainly. Now we get it and we believe. And Jesus says, do you really? Because they don't. They don't get it yet. But he's saying, but shortly you will. It's going to be plain before your eyes. Because he actually died and actually rose. Now this means something. Now they can see it. Now it makes sense. Right? So he's saying, so if you now, now that you see me, now, if you believe me, then you can believe the Father. Now you don't need to question these stories that you heard. Now you don't have to be any one of those different groups. Now you can actually see with your own eyes and experience in your own life that the story is real. The story is true. And your Father is real and your Father loves you and your Father wants you. I know he's so far from your memory that you're not sure or realizing that he's your dad. Right? It's like you grow up your whole life having no idea that you had this dad and you're just finding out. 
So it's hard for you. But now you can believe me because you got to see me. My real existence is a real proof. And all he wants is for you to come home. So the Lord says to them, you're going to live on earth for now. But like me, and because of me, you will die. You will rise. And you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And you will also sit at the right of the Father. I have overcome the world. Because I have died to all that is meaningless and risen to all that is meaningful, now everything is conquered in the Lord. The source of, of, of our existence, our one Father, right? We've risen to all that is meaningful. We've risen to our common Father. May we ask ourselves, if we participate in this dying, if we will then participate in this victory, if we live in the joy of reconciliation to our Father or not, so that we too can enter into the triumphal ascension and be seated at the right hand of our Father. To Him be glory, honor, worship, majesty, might, forever. Amen. Go in peace and peace order with you. Sorry again for all the technical difficulties. Uh, rough morning. Bye, everyone.